0: This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin Felix and Matt on the W Debate. Welcome to the Debbie Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back nickname. Explain yourself, boy. That escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand, fellas. <laughs> you jumped up and. Who is gonna be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still gonna be that guy. Back to the ground with
1: Robinson,
0: who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're gonna say stepped out, but I'm feeling sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name. One, Zach
2: F. Wilson. Sp- Screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncourse for the wow. end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown.
1: That's Matt Brody. G. Scott Jr. Obviously, I quacked poetic about him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here. And this time, it's do
2: carry. Watch out, Justin Fields. Hello, Columbus.
1: 51 yards.
0: Bruno, are you ready to go head to head with me? I am. Gotta get oh, my oh, popcorn oh, out here. Hold on. Gotta
1: continue. Oh, no, gotcha. Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. Well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm about to talk about. But our
0: apologies for her treatment and Atlanta's time will get you soon. And for that, for and Austin,
1: I'm Felix Clark. Good night, and good luck. I'm hosting? Oh, yeah, you're hosting. That. Oh, okay. (laughs) Hey, everybody. It's 8.35 Central Time. uh, The only time zone that uh, shows up. Uh, not on time. I don't, I guess I could have read this. This is a, off to a wonderful start. It's, it's really, really embarrassing because now I feel like we really need need Felix here. But that means it's time for Debbie Debate brought to you by campus That's Austin Ace. That's Chris Moxley. I'm Matt Bruning. Felix Sharp is out gallivanting. Austin let him borrow his private jet this weekend. On tonight's version of the show, we are going to talk about who the next G5 wide receiver is to break out in the NFL. Who's a freshman that no one sees coming this year? And what is the tear break in our Debbie drafts? But Austin, you posted this in our group message a couple days ago, and it just so perfectly worked out that a ton of players have been getting their NIL deals uh, today. But a lot of talk about Quinn Evers and his Aston Martin, CJ Stroud driving around in a Bentley. What is an unconventional NIL deal you want to see someone commit to somewhere? I thought it was like for ourselves. Um, oh man, that completely ruins the bit that I came up with. So I can do both, though. I'm going to do a player <laughs> okay. one because I got a whole thing. Oh man, I spent a lot of time thinking on mine. So your yeah, me. First. Bits
0: on this show? No, that, no, no that's well, outrageous.
1: You know, I know, you know.
0: So here, here's all I want. If I, if I, uh, at this stage of my life, if I was somehow recruited to play football somewhere, I want to be recruited somewhere in Southern California. I want my NIL deal to be the best taco place in town. I don't care where it is. I don't care if it's Michelin starred or if it's a hole in the wall, probably it'll taste better if it's, you know, a, just a complete dirtbag bag place. Uh, and then I want, I want a tequila deal. That's all I want. I want a to talk. I want a taco deal. I want a tequila deal and I will probably be off the team by my junior year because I'll have gained a significant amount of weight, but that's what it would take me to get to your school. So if, anybody listening to this and was interested uh, in me playing college football uh, for their program, uh, just hit me up. We can work something out.
1: Moxley, what do you got?
2: Mine was, mine's better than a taco deal. Come on. Uh, so you see man. coaches, you see coaches do this a lot, but I want unlimited private jet access for the school. That's lame. Yeah, yeah, because you already got a private jet. Yeah, I was about to say, to like, you were out. Like, of course, you don't yeah. care about this.
1: You should so, just like, go I, buy a taco bar, and then you'd be good. Really? You can supply it with whatever tequila you want. And you're set up for life, As a member of the proletariat,
2: um, I want private jet access. It's something that Lincoln Riley negotiated in his deal with USC. I think it's fairly feasible. Like a cross country trip, like six hours, is like eight thousand bucks. To eight to like twelve thousand bucks generally. I was looking up the prices earlier. That's pretty doable for a five star crew. So I'm just assuming that I have a little bit of cachet here. But I want to private jet anywhere anywhere I want to go that I, I can get tacos all over the world.
1: So for mine, I was gonna go Austin's route with because I'm just like a like you went tacos and like I would I could just eat chips and queso every day of the week. It's probably why I'm going to die in like the next 10 years. Like My my eating habits are not great, Um, and I do love me some Dr. Pepper. But with Moxley with Private Jet, I can't say the player, but you guys will know who I'm talking about. I think if I were to get an NIL deal, I want someone to bring me in and show me the ropes on something like real estate or something like that, and that's what I want my NIL deal to be. Give me a job that I can go sit in an office and air conditioning and do whatever the hell I want. I don't have that at my actual job right now, so you don't understand how big of a deal that is for me when I'm outside in 110 degrees every day. That uh, I would I would love that. My other one, because I thought we were going players here, um, anybody who's listened to the show for a year knows that I'm a big, or was a big fan, still am, of Peter Castelli, And I think perfect NIL deal for him and the Troy Trojans would be to sponsored by Troy Condoms. This commercial would start. He's on the field with his offensive lineman, right? He's like, "Oh God!" When I'm on the field, my offensive line gives me all the protection I need. And when I'm off the field, the protection I go for is Trojan condoms, the number one brand in protection for all of your recreational needs. Be perfect. And like, you didn't even just to be Peter Costello, you could go, you know, anywhere on the field. I just, I think it'd be the perfect fit. So that's my I bad. Like, I thought we were going play. I like that. So. I like. I thought that. really that's, hard about that. Yeah, actually. that's
2: good. That's that's really good. You should you should have uh your people talk to Troy's marketing department.
1: You know he, Tro- he Troy's follows NIL me, He follows me on Instagram, so I may just send him this pitch. I'm like, dude, just you know, just give us a shout out. Campus to Can in the commercial. He'd be like, brought to you by Campus to Can. Do a little finger gun, the side finger gun point. Like, I think that'd be the, get a the, only, boost. the only the only Devi podcast sponsored by a condom brand. Hey, you know what? You do what you got to do to get that money, baby, right? Like, I, I'm not I will, G-
0: <laughs> I will wear any and all merch that comes. with Yeah, like that.
1: exactly. So. <laughs> Why not, right? <laughs> you know, we're we're all we're all about the dollars over here. So, no real easy transition to G five wide receivers, but G five wide receivers, and, and this was a uh, Felix's idea, I believe. Uh, he wanted us to pick a player outside of our top fifty. I don't know. Text messages go flying around on that thing sometimes. Most of them are just from Felix. I just kind of ignore it at times. And then we got called out on Twitter for it. So now I can't ignore it anymore, but he wanted guys outside of our top 50 um, in our ranks that we think can thrive in the NFL Moxley. You felt, or you said that you've got a couple of guys here. So who are some of the guys you think can uh, make it into the NFL and, and find some success?
2: Speaking of Trojan condoms, Troy wide receiver, Tez, Johnson And I know that this is a ridiculous name and like it, it, it's someone who sometimes doesn't even get drafted in campus to can draft, let alone Debbie Leakes. He's 5'10". He's 160 pounds. He also deadlifts 500 pounds at, at 160. He has verified 22 miles per hour uh, speed on the field. 26% market share. This is a guy that the NFL is going to draft at some point. And I think that his uh, athletic tools are enough to get him there. You're not going to see a lot of production out of this dude. He, again, he's at Troy, Peter Costelli, thro- throwing him passes. But I really think that he has the athleticism to, to make an impact and get drafted. Like, even if it's, it's, it's a late day three guy, like, it's really hard to get drafted as a G5 wide receiver, period. You have to have either massive, massive production or you have to have upper percentile athleticism. And despite his diminutive stature, a dude who bench presses or deadlifts 500 at 150 and then runs probably a 4 3, at worst, like a low 4 4, like this kind of guy at the NFL, I think will draft. And it, it it's a way down their name, but I think it's going to happen. And he, I think he would have been a higher recruit if he had played in a different offense in, in high school. So he's a really interesting background. He was Bo Nix's wide receiver in high school. And I wonder if Bo Nix being like the big recruit that he was kind of hurt his stock. And was like, okay, well, he was just throwing to um, nobody's. And Bo Nix was this great quarterback. So I wonder if like, it was the inverse of what you saw with, Marietta, which was Harrison Bailey, Kamani Vidal, and uh, Ari Gilbert, boosting each other's stock. I wonder if his stock hurt. So he's a guy that I'm actually really interested in from a Debbie perspective, like if you have a deep, deep Debbie draft. So I, it's a weird name, but I, I don't hate it.
1: I mean, it's it's definitely a weird name. To be honest, didn't even know who that was. And had I known he went to Troy, I could have had a much easier transition right into <laughs>
2: that part of that. Hey, it's, on the, that. it's no. on the show sheet. It's on the show sheet.
1: You know, I, I'm reading. I'm not very good at, not good at reading, not good at talking. I'm really not good at anything, but Austin, um, who's one of your guys?
0: Yeah, I, I went back and forth on this. I knew Chris would end up having probably the best answer. Um, just cause he, uh, deep dives like nobody I've ever met in my life. Um, I went back and forth on this. I wrote Trayvon Rudolph on the sheet, most because I thought Felix was going to be here, and we could have talked about Tavion Randolph. Tavion
1: Randolph, yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> for anybody, <laughs> That was who, my other guy, by the way. Who hasn't like, heard that gr- one? I think that's a great pick. Yeah, yeah. NIU kid, second year last year. Uh, played as a true freshman and almost qualified as a breakout. Didn't quite. Second year he did. He smashed like all the analytic profiles. He's 5'10", 182. My only problem with him is I don't know if he's quite athletic enough for the NFL to love him. Like you were talking about, you know, for G5 guys, you kind of have to be. So the, my, my other name that I was going to toss out is Rasheed Rice, who's at SMU. We just saw Danny Gray get drafted. I don't know if like Danny, Danny Gray is significantly better than him. And Gray went Juco. Um, Rice has had pretty solid years the the past few years. He's a bigger kid. He's like 6'3", 200. He's a good athlete. I think he'll lead them in receiving this year. Um, So I think he'll be like a kid that goes to the Shrine Bowl. I don't, I don't know if he'll get a Senior Bowl invite. He'll probably go Shrine Bowl. Uh, and, and then, you know, get drafted in the fourth or fifth round. So he won't be like a Sky more that goes second round, but I do think he gets drafted and uh, could be a guy that, like, if you're doing a rookie draft, um, you know, a sneaky guy if he lands on some team, you know,
1: a D- Yeah, I I just – I don't really want any G5 wide receivers, so I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to cop out and go with literally the top G5 guy I had in my rankings outside of the top 50, and that was Zachary Franklin. Um, I do think he's got very good hands. He did have that breakout as a a freshman, Um, I believe, last year. I was just trying to pull up – I had a 31 – 0.89 Point eight nine Dominator rate. I mean, every year he's been above Jarek's magic line. Um, obviously the bad news is he won't be an early declare if he does come out this year. This is his senior season, so that definitely hurts him. You know, Mike Valor, if he was here, would would definitely uh, you know, jump on and say that that is correct. But I do think he's good a good enough player to get drafted. I don't know that he's going to end up being a, a Sky Moore or any of those guys. I I really think it's hard for any of these guys to kind of break out. I think you have to be truly special. And, and I don't really know that there's a lot of those guys there. Like, I don't even know that, I liked a lot of the Cincinnati guys last year, right? Like I was, I like Desmond Ritter. I like Alex, Alex Pierce. I didn't expect Alex Pierce to get drafted. I think he got third round, whatever. Like I wasn't expecting that. I thought second round, even I thought he'd be like a fourth round pick. Like I wasn't expecting that. So maybe that changes. Maybe the NFL is, is shifting the narrative a little bit on G five guys, but I, I wouldn't expect him to get day two draft cap. He's probably a day three guy. But he could do something in the NFL. I think he's a good enough route runner. Good enough fans. It's, it's funny. I'll, all of the names that I had written down when we brought this up in our
2: group chat, y'all said, so like the Franklin was one of them. Trayvon Rudolph was the guy I was deciding between with Tez Johnson. I think, I think you're underselling Rudolph's athleticism. I actually think he's a pretty good athlete. Um,
0: I think he's quick. I don't think he's fast though. Like I, I just don't know if he's a, a lot like past he, the long he speed.
2: Pulled, I've seen him pull away a couple times, but those are against like Matt corners. Like how much do I really put stock? Am I putting in that? I don't, I don't know. Um, I agree with you, though, with Sakari Franklin. Sakari Franklin is in the bucket of, like, a mega producer. He'll probably have another great season at UTSA this year. I don't think he's very athletic, though. And so, like, and he doesn't return kicks. Like, Trayvon Rudolph returns kicks. He's involved in the rushing game. Like, he does all those things. Man, I, like, I, I like Sakari Franklin, too. So like, I, I have a t- super tough time evaluating him. Like, he's a really good name to, like, think about in G5 production. And then, like, what do we think is, he's at the NFL level? I don't know if can he do you think he can be anything like productive at the NFL level or do you think he's like a guy that kind of goes from practice squad to like alternates back and forth between practice squad and like 53 man roster because that's how I think he is
1: I mean I I obviously I think it depends on where he gets drafted to I do think he could land and stay on a roster do I expect him to end up being a guy who you can put in your lineup every single week as like a wide receiver, two, three, even four, probably not. I mean, again, it all depends, right? I mean, could he have one really good season? Yeah, absolutely. And then you you move on from him as quick as possible. But I'd say, like I said, when, when Felix brought this up, I was kind of looking, I was like, I mean, there's no real – for me, at least, there was no real like Sky more standout. So I was like, I'm literally just going to take the easy answer out and go with the top guy. I think I have him ranked 56 in my wide receiver ranking. So I was like, there we go. Just throw him on the sheet and hope for the best. So y'all have Matthew Golden high too. I mean,
2: technically, he's G5 right now too. I have him inside
1: my top 50, though. So yeah. <laughs> that's
2: why I way
0: inside. Him. Yeah. yeah but,
1: he's, I, but he's like the next G5 guy. Oh, like, he's got to be your highest Probably. G5 guy, right? Well, but he's not going to count as a G5 guy after a year, right? Because they go, they're going into yeah. the big 12. So that, that's, that's another thing. But yeah, I, I honestly thought about cheapening this whole exercise and moving him outside of the top 50 really quick. And then to be like Matthew golden. But no, I think I have him as like wide receiver 20 something. Like I I've got him stupid high, I think in my, in my rankings, So, cause I, I actually think he produces something this year. I know a lot of people think it's just going to be uh Dell but I would not be surprised if he has A, a really good season this year as well Like I, I really like I'm really an uncle
0: and The interesting question on on These kinds of things will be um, Like w- we Probably would have said Jacob Cowling or Kanata Mumfield or a guy like That but those guys if they're good enough now Are all going to transfer up so it is It'll be interesting to see over the next couple of years How those guys fare and then The inverse will be interesting If you have a guy that doesn't do anything His freshman year Let's say uh, Caleb Burton doesn't do anything this year at Ohio State, and it looks like he, you know, they bring in another really nice class, the true freshman going to Texas there. Um, he transfers home to SMU, and he breaks out there a second. Like, I, I'm wondering how many of the, that inverse there will be as well. Um, so I, I, it'll be interesting to see how the transfer portal in that first year of free transfer kind of impacts what we think of that.
2: I almost put Jalen Robinson. Like If we, if we had – done this a year ago I think Jalen Robinson would have been a guy mm-hmm. who fits in that bucket you know he came over from Oklahoma to UCF was cr- incredibly productive like I think you can see that both ways and so I, th- I think you're right like Cowing probably would have been our guy but you might see some of that and I, I think that's gonna be really interesting the way and then conference alignment I mean it's just it's gonna
1: be a mess for the next like three or
2: four years <laughs>
1: Yeah, I have Matthew Golden at 27, and I'm actually glad that Woo! I looked that up because I just realized I have a wide receiver at 31 that definitely should not be there, and I have not uh, not adjusted that. So I appreciate you making me going and looking at that, Moxley, so I can... Uh,
0: Where do you have, Golden? 27.
1: I'm sure hey, you have Hey, me,
0: me too! Do you really? Oh, nice. Yeah!
1: You know who I have I'm... at 31? It's really uh, bad. Someone terrible. It's Milton Wright. <laughs> I never thought. I never Ooh. moved him off. I and expected pure him... Devi. Pure. Debbie? No, 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 no. Uh, oh, I was looking at my C two C ranks. I I probably actually have Golden higher if I'm being honest in my Devi ranks, but um, in my C two C ranks. So he Golden's the answer to this question though. Like who is yeah. the who's an next guy more like G five breakout? Y'all y'all are on Golden. Yeah, one hundred percent. Like I I think he's one of the. Few freshman wide receivers for me, like I have no doubt whatsoever, is not going to be a year one zero. Like him, Luther Burden, uh, Talon Cetron. Um, uh, I mean, I'm trying to think off the top of my head who else there, uh, There's a lot of guys I have, like, serious, like maybe Merriweather at, at Notre Dame. Maybe he takes over, over, um, um uh, L- Lindsay or whoever. Br- yeah, Lenzie. We, we all think Lorenzo going to be the guy. So, like, there's not a lot of freshman wide receivers I, I have, like, a lot of faith in won't be or, or will for sure not be year one zeros. And he's one of the very few, like, at the top of that list. So, yeah, I agree with that. Speaking of freshmen, we all see Matthew Golden likely having a breakout season. Austin, who's a freshman you? don't think anyone sees having or doesn't see coming in this. Damn it, man. That was such a good transition. I just <laughs> fell flat on my face with a question. I could not get that question out. It's okay, Who's Matt. You're someone... doing great. You're doing great. Buddy. You're, you're doing great, Thanks. sweetie. Thanks, Colin. I, I feel you, buddy.
0: Colin, sweetie, Matt's buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Colin,
1: Colin's just sitting there like, I, you know, I feel for you, Matt. Thank you, Colin. I appreciate you.
2: All right. What's the um, next segment, kiddo? All
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the Hustle freshman hair. breakout no one will see coming in 2022?
2: Uh,
0: I don't, I, I, don't know how we want to define this as like nobody sees coming, uh, but I definitely think that Dane Key at Kentucky is a guy that I really am not hearing anybody talk about other than like you know like the local Kentucky beat guys, and I'm not really sure why. I mean, I think we all assume because Tavian Robinson is the senior there, like the, the has the seniority transferring in and he's kind of like Wandale Robinson but also not really Wandale is a very unique player that he's gonna step in and just like target hog like just everything's gonna go through him and, and that's the the end of the, the story there and the Kentucky passing game I actually think Dane Key is a guy that we really need to watch out for this year because that that wide receiver room is so ambiguous behind Robinson if Robinson isn't is even like a true college alpha like he is a true freshman there six two six three depending on where you look he's around uh, 190 to 200 pounds um and they've just raved about him he's really athletic i mean I, i didn't have him rated super high he was the 34th wide receiver in the class i think i had him just high like barely higher than that in my rankings he he's kind of a straight line guy but it just sounds like he's dominating downfield in their practices and he's a big body um so you know they're i think they're gonna try to pass the ball a little bit more this year who knows what's happening with chris rodriguez there it sounds like maybe uh he won't be playing for at least a, a decent portion of the season they're starting running back um so i think he i think will pass a little bit more uh they're gonna I, I think levis you know he likes to push the ball downfield key seems like a guy that's just a perfect marriage there i still think barry and brown is, is the far superior player like he's a better athlete he, i from what I could watch, he seemed like a smarter player, just like with with decisions making. Uh, but but I think he could have a really nice role year one. Uh, and he's, I mean, in Debbie leagues, you're not taking him unless it's just a super super deep Debbie league or it's just super depleted. Uh, but in C two C leagues, I think I'm I'm probably going to target him. I don't I haven't figured out exactly what range I want him in yet. But um but but yeah, he's a guy that I'm definitely trying to stash late, and I think that he could have a really nice year
1: interesting that's not someone i thought uh i thought that you would go with you uh do you really think will levis can can vault him up to that that great of a season
0: i mean i i just i think the passing volume is going to go up i they have a pretty easy schedule like i there's a lot of things that that in my opinion point to there being wide receiver production i i just everyone is assuming it's tavion robinson like yeah. tapen robinson's a good player but he's not wandale he's not just a like for like obvious guy that we're going it's going to have a 60 percent dominate or whatever i don't know that's not what wandale had but it was pretty close to that like i just don't think he's that
1: guy i i don't think he's that guy at all i mean i i could see it i i do know that a lot of people are in on robinson i'm pretty sure i have him much higher than i don't even know if i'm gonna be honest if i have dane king or key ranked in, in my wide receiver rankings but uh I do know for a fact I talked to someone about this the other day, and there are people who believe that Will Levis would have been a second-round pick last year and that he had a second-round great. So, I mean, if the NFL views him that way and if he can go out there and have any kind of consistency, he might be a guy I, I, I don't disagree with you. He's a, he's a guy that was not the name I thought you were going to go with, so I'm very intrigued to uh, see if that ends up working out for you. Moxley, who do you have as a freshman who no one sees coming with the breakout season in 2022? So I know I know a couple people are on him. I think my big wide receiver guy likes him,
2: um, who does a lot of recruiting stuff for us. I like Samuel Brown, the running back out of Rutgers. He's a four star kid. He isn't on campus yet. I think he's from Pennsylvania in Austin's neck of the woods. Um, it was a coup totally. for really Graciano to get. Um, but you know, that's a really weak running back room. Isaiah Pacheco went to the NFL. They have Aaron Young. I think Aaron Young is a fine player. Um, they have Kyle Magnani, or I don't know how to pronounce his last name. His that last name is so much difficult. We're gonna call him manyani for now. Two dudes who are three stars. <laughs> I like Samuel Brown. I think Samuel Brown's a good player. He already has good size. He has legit um, I think he's like a pretty good receiver. He was an all-purpose back. I think that he's someone who can do something year one because we're not maybe factoring it. Like Rutgers is raving about the kid and he's not even on campus yet. Shiano's talking about how they get him in the weight room. They think he could be like a dominant force and central point of their offense. I really like the opportunity that he has year one. like it's Rutgers. So, you know, temper expectations a little bit, but he's a guy that RB 34 in the class, not a super big name, but he has a little bit of cachet. I like, I like, uh, him a lot to, to break
1: out or do at least something year one. No, no fears about, uh, Mr. Wimsat stealing a decent amount of rushing production from him.
2: Not really. I, I think Wimsat probably boosts the overall offense versus where no wow. bed draw was last year. Like, I think there's gonna be more opportunity, more drives extended, more plays for that offense in general. Um, so I think Whimsat's probably a net positive versus even if he's
1: stealing some rushing attempts. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm excited to see Wimsat. So it'll be yep. interesting to see if Brown can uh, what Brown can it, do. It might not be
2: that bad of an offense in the next couple of years. I'm just I'm just saying, like Graciano's putting together some okay classes for them. Yeah. Just, just saying.
1: By the way, UPS, you're welcome for the drop there. We are looking for sponsors if if you guys are interested. Uh mine, see, I don't know. I feel like not a lot of people are talking about this player. I have talked about him. Uh Brown has been brought um a wide receiver guy, big wide receiver guy, Matt, over our, our recruiting side has him at twenty one point four miles per hour, which is which is pretty damn good if I'm remembering correctly. It just
0: takes him forever to get there. But yeah, I think he does he does have top speed.
1: Uh anyways, back to my guy. I talked a lot about him during spring practice reports, and I feel like that's where I've seen other people talking about him, but that's neither here nor there. It's Arizona running back Jonah Coleman, who I think is being overlooked because of the hype Sean Luke has gotten. I don't think Sean Luke's going to do much in that offense this year. All that Jonah Coleman has ahead of him, I believe, is David Wiley. There was a lot of reports throughout the spring uh, that Jonah Coleman was running with the ones that he looked like the better back. Uh, he, he's a little undersized. I was looking – so I had him at 5'9", 205, I think. And But on Arizona's website, they don't have his weight. They do have his height at 5'8", so that's not great. But they do not have his weight. But he has been open in saying you can go um, – I was trying to pull it up. There was an interview where he said he prefers playing around 195, so I don't know if he'll lose that 10 pounds or not. He's got decent bursts. I think he's actually got pretty good vision, good contact bounce, but he's also a really good receiving back, and I think the fact that he's such a good running back as well might hurt Rashawn Luke, and we're seeing everyone take Rayshawn Luke ahead of Jonah Coleman. I expect this offense to be very pass-heavy with Jaden Delora. Obviously, you got Jacob Cowing. I think Tett uh, Tet McMillan is going to be really good for them this year as well. But Jonah Coleman, I think, could take over as that RB one, and he's not going to be a high end CFF guy for you this year. But maybe moving forward, if Delora moves on, we see Jacob Cowan go to the NFL. Like I like Noah Fafita, they're they're freshman running back, but or quarterback, but he's also very undersized. I wouldn't be surprised if they start leaning on the running game. I, I really like Jonah Coleman. I think he could be in for a really good season this year. such damn good analysis neither one of them has anything to say <laughs> i froze i was for gonna a second. sorry i was gonna okay. say though i have that
2: affect on people it's would saying. you be surprised if ray sean luke played like a really brown-esque role where he they lined him up in the slot a bunch and no. put him and coleman on the field at the same time you don't mm-hmm. think you don't think he's that good of a receiver
0: did you just say that it was the ray league brown role? yeah <laughs>
2: Yes, he did. <laughs> what? That,
0: that's just how I. What I've, has it, he done that deserves a, a a role named after him? Sorry, the Naheem Hines role. How about that? There we go. That works better. I I think Rayshon Luke ends up going the route of Seven McGee, just converts to slot receiver. And I think Rayleek Brown is going to be a Jerry on Ely wannabe. And that's kind of the path I see for for those two players personally.
2: I I just think they're very similar. Role. I think they could be very similar role by role wise. How about that? Maybe I maybe really the league like Brown role was a little bit much. Uh, gifting gifting him his own role before he's played a snap of football. Hey,
1: I mean, look, Quinn yours has been gifting an aston Martin before he's done anything in college. as has been pointed out all over Twitter, so, you know. You, you just gave someone a role. That's not not quite a car. I mean, I actually wouldn't mind that for for Luke, especially if it works out, which I do expect it to work out for McGee this year uh at Oregon. I I think that'd be a good move for him, especially again with with Cowling moving on. We'll see with Delora. I wouldn't be surprised if Delora stays another year, but uh, it'll be just Tet, and then if you get you get him in there in the slot again, I that I actually think that'd be a great move for him. But uh, I, it'll be interesting to see what happens with some of these freshmen. I, I'd be very curious to see who wins that. This show is going a lot quicker than I expected it to. I really thought we would, you know. I have one more name. Go for it, shoot, Austin. Who you got? Breakout's
0: going to be a really strong word for this kid because it's uh, difficult backfield. Like they just rotate backs like crazy. Like four, I think four backs will get a decent amount of touches in this backfield this year. But I, a guy that that I think people need to watch out for is Rashad DeBinion at Arkansas. Um, I was not super high on him, but he early he enrolled early, um, and it sounds like he ba- like basically the coaching staff Pittman and all those guys said all all off season like we need to be getting him some touches like we need to get him on the field to get him some touches they lost Traylon Smith this this season they entered the portal he's at TCU now right or did he go somewhere else
2: who he, he's at
0: UTSA UTSA that's yeah. right um but they don't really have another Traylon Smith like AJ AJ Green's the closest thing they have but i think AJ Green is still more receiver than running back and Dabinion is he's like 5'10 190 like he, he's a little bit of a smaller guy But I I think they like him. I think four backs, again, will get touches there. I think Raheem Sanders will get touches. Dominique Johnson will get touches. A.J. Green will get touches. And DeBinion will get touches, I think. Uh, So it's not like he's going to have a breakout in the traditional sense. He's not going to own, you know, 40% of this backfield or anything like that. But I think he could flash a little bit. It sounds like the staff wants to get him involved. I think it's going to be a run-heavy offense. I mean, they lost Burks, who else are they going to pass to? They don't have a proven guy there. Deion Housewood's not a proven guy. Don't so don't feed me that. They don't they don't have a guy there. We we like Keytron Jackson a little bit. We like uh Isaiah Sategna coming into this year. We we like some of these other guys, but none of them are proven. I, I think it'll be run heavy offense. I think he gets some touches, and I, I'm interested to see what he does with them.
2: That that's a good that's a good name because they really do rotate a, a whole bunch. Yeah. Um and like they did it did shallow out a little bit.
1: Um, I have another aim too if if we're doing it. Yeah, Ooh. really quick. I want to ask what do you what do you think a realistic season is for him this year then? Um,
0: I think i'm I'm trying to look up really quickly here like what the touch split was last year for those backs uh, at Arkansas because that's gonna um, I, I'm picturing like sixty touches overall, maybe. I mean, last year they had their top four backs. Well, KJ Jefferson ran 150 times, but Smith ran 119 times. Raheem Sanders ran 114. Dominique Johnson got 97. A.J. Green got 47. So 50-ish touches, 250-ish yards yards at three to five touchdowns. Pretty fair for him. I'd, I'd expect him to get somewhere
1: in that range, personally. So grab him with the forty-fifth pick or fifteenth pick in your supplemental draft.
0: The hard part with him though is that if you're really trying to kind of set up if you're like in a campus to canton league, like if you want all mega producers are all like super duper devy guys, like I don't know he fits in either of those buckets. But I think he is a guy worth stashing, depending on how deep your league is, and obviously the forty fifth round pick. Like, what are you what are you actually getting out of that? There's worse picks. I just think like if you have like any like actual expectation, uh, to like be on the high end of either side that spectrum. I think you're probably going to be waiting for a little while. All
1: right. Moxley. Who's your second name? So this is a guy who we actually had in
2: our freshman supplemental guide as one of the fastest players in the country. And that's UNC wide receiver Tyson Chapman. I have yet to see him taken in a draft. He has legit speed. He's a slot guy. Um, I think he has to round out the technical aspects of his game. This is a dude who runs, like, 22 miles per hour consistently. Like, he's got legit speed. And I think that's enough to get him on the field. Like, this is a really shallow wide receiver room at UNC. I was surprised they didn't go more to the portal. They're bringing in uh, Andre Green as well in the class, who I also really like. But they lost Bo Corrales. This is not a team who can really afford to... um, like sit some of their freshmen and let them develop. Like, I think they're going to have to rotate them in a little bit. And Chapman's got speed to beat ACC DBs, especially like those dudes from Wake Forest, right? Like they're going to, I think he can get behind some defenses this year. And I don't know. I don't know what that means long-term for him. I've yet to see him drafted in a campus Canton draft. He's still a four-star kid. Like, I don't know. I, I just, I think he's going to surprise the people with how he, like maybe catches like three or four deep touchdowns this year. He just, he just, he just has like pretty incredible speed.
0: Is he a Josh Downs replacement? Wait a year? Plug him in? Um. You said he's a slot guy, right? Or you, you think he probably will be strictly?
2: He's gotta be. He's like five nine, one seventy five. Yeah, like, I don't think, he, I don't think he can play on the outside. Cur- at least currently. I don't think he, I, I don't think his play strength is super great. Currently. I don't know if he's a Josh Downs replacement, but I do think he has a role in that offense in the next couple of years. Like, it's really hard to keep dudes who are that fast off the field uh, especially in an offense that isn't elite and doesn't have great depth currently so I, he's just a guy I think could surprise a little bit it's probably worth stashing in c2c drafts
1: yeah i mean i don't want to give uh us too much credit but what you just said about him not getting drafted, I, I think a lot of that actually speaks to the overall just effect we've had on, the, on this space over the past year. Because in Campus Decanton Leagues I was in last year, you were just going – I saw a lot of people just going down the list of 24-7 sports, rivals, whatever recruiting site. They like just grabbing every single freshman once they got later. I feel like a lot of the leagues I've noticed now, people really go heavy on CFF guys later in the draft, instead of grabbing freshmen who could possibly break out, because they want to try and win that college side now. So I, I just find that interesting. Someone actually pointed that out to me in another group. We were, I was talking with them. They were asking me some questions, and they pointed out they feel like we've we've changed a lot. So I just I thought that was uh, very interesting. I want to. I don't have a second name, so I'm going to ask you two a couple questions really quick about some quarterbacks because. Everybody expects Cade Clubnick to break out this year, right? Mostly because we think he's going to replace DJU. So, okay, Austin's giving me the, maybe not. I, I thought that was kind of a consensus thing. I mean, I'm a, well, I do think he plays at some point in time this year. I don't know that he's actually, like, that good. I've been firmly on that side of things. But Clemson's schedule this year, pretty easy to start out with. Georgia Tech, Furman, LA, or... Louisiana, then they get Wake Forest, NC State, Boston College, Florida State, Syracuse, Notre Dame, Louisville, Miami, South Carolina. Over under before we see Kate Klubnick five point five games. What game is the NC State game? What week? That would <laughs> what week be is game that? four. That is October first. I don't know the week. I'm just looking at the date. So that's that's where you see him if at halftime. Yeah, halftime.
2: Interesting. NC State brings back pretty much their entire defense. Their defense was really good last year. And I think NC State has a legit chance to win the ACC. Agreed. So you, like, that is the game that you will see him, or I don't think you see him until maybe late in the season, if you see him at all. Like, that's the only shot, because they do not have a difficult schedule, like you just read. Uh, It's just not challenging. So NC State is that game, because I I think NC State is probably their top challenger as well. I think both teams are probably 10-win teams this year. Clemson's got to beat NC State because they lost in Raleigh last yep. year. I don't think Dabo's going to want to repeat that.
1: I think we could see him wake forest the week before. That, that offense weeks. is going to be so yeah. high, I, but that offense is going to be so high flying. I just don't know that DJ is able to keep up with it. I have zero faith in DJ at this point. And so if they're behind at halftime in that game, I think we can see Cade Clumin. Because I, I just think he's safe enough. He'll execute the plays. He'll execute what Dabo on that offense wants.
2: I don't think the game's going to be a lot different than when they played them last year. And I think they beat them by like 25 plus. I just think the defense can um, like the the system there is pretty gimmicky at Wake Forest. Like it's not a, I don't think it's a legit system. Um, so I do wonder if like, they're going to be able to put up points against Clemson's defense, but, and then their defense is so bad that, yeah, I don't know. DJ, you played really bad against some really Yeah, that's that's kind of was it. Was it (laughs) Navy
0: that scored Army? Who was it that scored like seven or like eighty points against Wake Forest last year? Army, Army, Army. Yeah, I remember. I was was live betting that game and I made like two hundred bucks just live betting the over, like throughout the entire game, basically every every five minutes. I'll bet the over.
2: Wake Forest let Army score. I think at least like fifty-five points. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, but you would think that Clemson could could get close to that, right? Like they scored again,
1: I think forty five against them last year. So I mean, I just I just love that Dave Clawson is like just owns. He's like, look, our defense is just not good. He's like, but our offense is amazing. Like I can't remember. It may have been – no, it wasn't the summer school thing because that's when they talked to beat reporters. They did an interview with him, though, on the Cover 3 podcast, and they were talking to him, and he's like, look, I don't care if my defense isn't good because my offense is going to score every time it's on the field. I'm like, I like this guy. At least he's honest about his his defense. Drew Aller, nine and a half games. Way under.
0: Under like we see him him. earlier or under –
2: Oh, wait, yeah, what's the, que- what's the question? I just before said under.
1: Before you see him. So if you say under, that means you'll see him before the ninth game. So just to, I'll give their schedule really quick. Purdue, yeah, they Ohio, they did switch it up. So they were supposed to play oh. Ohio State after Auburn. They switched it, and now they don't play Ohio State till later in the year because that was always my contention. We'd see him by week five or six. Purdue, Ohio, Auburn, Central Michigan, Northwestern, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State, Indiana, Maryland, Rutgers, Michigan State. I, I don't know that we
2: see him at all this year. Um, I think they might go to to is Christian Fallo still on campus? Mm-hmm. I think they yes. might go to him. He's, over... I
1: believe still listed as the okay. two right
2: now. Yeah, I, I think they might go to him over Drew Aller. Drew Aller is not ready to play. He, I'm, like you can't yeah. throw, you cannot throw him in against Ohio State or Michigan either. Like oh no, you will yeah. wreck that dude. Like, he he just isn't ready. And, and like the last couple times that we've seen him. He's looked pretty bad, too. Yeah. I'm pr- I'm pretty worried that... Not worried. I'm just pretty confident that they won't throw him out this year. I think they'll just let him develop. I, I think Sean Clifford gives them the best chance to win this season. Yeah.
1: Well, that's, so that's why I put it at 9.5, because that's a game after the Ohio State game. They get Indiana's Game 9. I think there's a chance he can come in for Maryland and Rutgers to finish out the season, just to see what you've got at that point. Because I don't know that it's not like you throwing DJ out there against Georgia, right? First game of the season in his first, like, I think Maryland and Rutgers, while I expect both teams to be good this year, neither one of those defenses scare you. I think you've got to see something out of Aller going in because I agree. Like he was not good. A lot of the reports where he was not ready in spring didn't look great in that spring game. Then again, I kind of feel like we talk out of both sides of our mouth sometimes like, oh, well, this dude had a great spring, but it's a spring and spring game. It doesn't matter. But then when it's on the negative side, it's like, oh, this dude sucks. Bail Uh now, like.
0: It seems like one of those things, though, where, like, if you look really good, you discount it because it's, yeah. like, it, but then if they look really bad, it's, like, well, that's, like, that's the, you probably should yeah. be good, I
1: think looking so. bad matter, matters yeah. in spring. I agree, but, but I, don't, I don't think it's the end of the world. Like, so, like I just don't think, and I, I don't know how to say his name. I'm just going to call him by his first name. I just don't think Christian's the guy. I just don't think. Baby, there yeah. we go. I know when I got it wrong in the spring report one time, like Colin DM'd me like four times, like this is how you say it. I'm like, bro, I don't even know what you're you're saying to me. I'm how to say that. So. The
0: people in Central PA can't say it right either.
1: Don't like Colin okay. fool you. Okay, well I'm, I'm glad I'm glad to know that. So uh I don't, I don't think Eller starts, but I do. I mean, I think he has time. Like he he's a third string
2: quarterback on a team that I think is going to blow out some really crappy teams. So like, I think yeah, he'll I play mean, a little bit. Like I don't think he's not going to play at all. I just don't think he. I just don't think there's any chance he starts.
1: Or yeah, well, that's that's why I, I, so I wanted to have the conversation because, like, I really think there's a shot. I think they're going to lose to Ohio State. I don't. I feel like that. Some people are going to say that's a homerism call. I just think it's going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose to Auburn or Michigan. So that my contention's always been: if they're already at a point where they've got two losses, if he's shown something, why not throw him out there and see what you got from him? Um, last one before we move on to our really quick Debbie debate here: Devin Brown. 13 and a half games
0: no he doesn't play this year at all
1: right but 13 and a half they'll play 12 games this year if they make it to the national champ no 13 if they make it to the national championship
0: so wait what 13 and a half
1: games is he the starter next year i was trying to very like word that into 13 and a half meaning he either starts this year or he's the starter next year making you guys pick right now. Is it Kyle McCord or Devin Brown? You you just like
0: fried my brain as you tried to explain what you were trying to
1: say to me. Is Devin Brown the starter for the Buckeyes opening night 2020? Yes. I I think so. Okay. Just wanted to get it on record. All right. Gentlemen, are you ready for the Debbie debate? Debate, just one. Yeah, sure it's, it's 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 not really like a real page turner here guys it's, no you know, felix
0: here Look like how calm this has been with no felix
1: i know there's no yelling and which we've gotten reviews you know they don't like the yelling so mm-hmm. thank you todd i appreciate it i agree smooth transition right now there seems to be a consensus in the top four wide receivers i know the order is not what i put it in i put it boote, jsn Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, because Boutte is still my one. I refuse to move him off of there. I don't care that he is injured. Who is wide receiver five for you guys? Because that does not seem to be consensus right now in Debbie drafts. Throw it to you first, Moxley.
2: So I think it's Josh Downs. Um, I think he's probably the guy. I think five wide receivers, 2023 wide receivers go in the first round. I think that he's the fifth. Um, I think the other guy that you're thinking about is Jermaine Burton. Um, I, Jermaine Burton really strikes me as like a second round guy. Like, I think he's talented, but I don't think he's quite there yet. Um, so I think it's Josh, I mean, I think it's Josh Downs. I think Josh Downs, we talked about this earlier, us us three, actually. Um, I think y'all are a little more skeptical than I am, but I think Josh Downs is, is, is a talented enough player to warrant that first round hype. And even if he goes in the second round, I mean, I'm not that. I'm going not to be broken up about it. I still think he's
1: the fifth guy in that list. So I mean, my fifth guy is fairly easy. I'm very curious to see where Austin goes because I don't. I have him above the fifth spot. I actually don't have Jordan Addison in my top five. Uh, Jordan Addison is wide receiver six for me. It's Marvin Harrison Jr. And I know that Moxley's going to love me saying that. <laughs> he's
0: not. He's not the 2023 class.
1: I didn't say 2023 class. I said top 5 derby watch. Oh, yeah. I
2: misunderstood oh, oh, we the question. Oh, right. okay.
1: Awesome. I mean see, awesome. if, I,
0: I would take Luther Burden over Josh Downs. I would take Ikmeker Book over Josh Downs. Xavier okay, Worthy over Josh Downs. Okay, fine. fine. It's going to be 2023
1: my bad. I did not say 2023, but we'll stick with 2023 then. Go ahead, Austin. I need to reevaluate my Well, answer, this
0: this so. was my prompt in the text message and that prompt definitely said oh, 2023. I didn't class, I so don't read the text messages. We already talked about that. I I,
2: wait, I I have good reading comprehension.
0: Contrary to Felix's subtweeting, I do respond, um, <laughs> and this was what I said. Um, it's Burton for me. His size, speed, will get him favored by the NFL. He's going to be at Bama. Like I know, we, he get people at Bama get the Bama bump. I, I don't care who it is, unless you just have an awful attitude or an awful injury, you're going to go probably. Uh, early on in the draft, 15 to 20 picks earlier than he should maybe. But he's going to be the alpha there this year. I, I don't really question that that much. Um, I, I, he's just got everything you want. I, I'm interested. Can he Can he, Can he? he remain efficient on higher volume? I think he can. He just needs a quarterback that's willing to push the ball downfield. I think he'll have that now. Uh, and so I, I, I think he's the clear fifth choice. A guy that I will say that I think has a chance to go in the first round that I would never put him in my top five because I don't think – He's that level of a guy, but Cedric Tillman, there is a decent chance that he gets drafted in the first round next year. There, he's going to have two just enormous years in the sec. He's got, he's six, three, he's 200 pounds. Like some NFL team is going to fall. In I think his, his floor in the draft is where Michael Pittman went two years ago. So he's like, he's just another guy. Just if we're trying to predict draft capital and, and squeeze out value that way, Cedric Tillman probably belongs in this discussion, even if I don't think he's like that quality of
2: a player. I think Dante Demas does too.
0: He will. I'm interested. In Is like I, that knee injury was so bad, man. Like I, yeah. I don't yeah. even know. I don't even know.
2: I think he he would have gone he, first
0: round uh, last year. He would have. Yeah, sure.
2: yeah. He's he's someone that probably, if we're having this discussion, probably deserves to be in it. Um, I think I I have a really tough time with A. D. Perry. I don't really know what the NFL thinks about him. Um, but I do think he's a guy that's probably gonna go on day two just do, coming off two massive seasons. He's got legit size. I don't know how good of a separator he really is, but I mean dude's like six five like he he can he can play some ball. so I think those are three names that probably should be in the discussion. Do you think it's Burton and Downs though, like five and six pretty easily or are in you... my
0: in my opinion, yeah, yeah, I, I actually have, I, for I, pure I, Devi, I have Burton four just above Addison, but
2: yeah. Yeah, for, I
1: think top six is like established in my opinion. Yeah, for me it would be Downs. I just I'm I'm out on Burton. I know I'm I'm one of I think I I don't even have him in my top ten of Debbie rankings either. Like I just I don't think he's he's it at all. I just don't believe in him. I, it would be Downs. I, I have I believe more in Downs NFL future than I do Burton. So I would take Downs there. Two guys that I'm very intrigued to see what they do this year. I know a lot of people have bailed on him, but if Rakeem Jarrett can go out there for Maryland and have a massive season, I think just based on what people project as his upside could be there. And I'm very, very curious just based on if he can have a season. I know nobody's expecting it completely changed offense. Got really helped out by the, the move of Jordan Addison, but Konate Mumfield, if he goes out there and absolutely dominates, I already think he's a really good route runner. Check out the video that, that Felix did for him on our channel here. It was really well done. Like, I'd be very curious to see where he goes and gets drafted, if he goes out and just smashes for Pitt this year. If he has a Jordan Addison or Drake london s type season that we've seen Keaton Slovis produce for, at USC, and then obviously it was uh, Kenny Pickett helping Addison do that last year. But I think if they really kind of just focus in on one wide receiver and he goes out and has a massive season, I, I'd be very intrigued to see what happens with him. Because I, I, I
0: I've been very critical of Addison for leaving because his incoming quarterback just produced a first-round NFL wide receiver. Keaton Slovis is not a precision like he—he's not the kind of guy that can that can mega support uh, a precision player. He so much at Drake London's uh, re- the receiving work with him was just contested jump ball. I know he's going to go up and get it. I—I I honestly don't think he's capable of, of of supporting that kind of player. So
2: um, he would have done a poor job with Addison. Addison yes. Too. Yes. Yes. <laughs> for the same reason. So, Q- Keaton Q- Slovis is yeah. worse than Jake Fromm. I'm going to say
0: this every week for the next year. Keaton Slovis has been worse than Jake Fromm by virtually every metric through the first three years of college. Despite uh, having yeah. just as good of a supporting cast at the
1: skill positions, basically. He's had stud after stud after stud. After stud. The one, The one thing I'll say on that, and again, I know it's going to be a different offense, but he also... Did give Michael Pittman and I'm pretty sure Tyler Vaughn's really great seasons as well that freshman year. Uh, I don't really remember what he did his second season. Obviously, that third year it was it was Drake London, but he's been able to support. Like I agree, I don't think he's a good quarterback at all, but he's been able to support multiple wide receivers. I was trying to pull it up. Amon Ross, Saint Brown, Drake London, Tyler Vaughn's all had decent seasons in the COVID year where they played six games. I think he can. Buoy up Konate because he's really, er, you're the pick guy. So you tell me, I think Konate is really all they have.
0: So Um, I, I, they actually have a pretty deep wide receiver room, but it's not like, like like Jared Wayne's decent, uh, or Jalen Jarrett, Jared Wayne, like uh, uh, Barden. They have, they have a couple guys there that are, that are solid. uh, Nobody that, like, obviously losing Addison hurts a lot. Right. That, that room is like like really good with Addison there. And then it's like, fine if he's not. Would you say you like uh, Lucas Kroll? Kroll's gone. He's in the NFL. Oh, for real? Yeah, he signed with the Saints. Yeah, well, maybe yeah, not like
2: much. Oh, yeah. Gab Bartholomew's is the next guy. Yeah, he'll be involved. Um, two guys that we didn't mention that I think are going fairly high in Debbie drafts Marvin Mims, mm-hmm. Parker Washington.
0: Parker Washington was the name that I was going to throw out. Are, are are we discounting Mims too much? Let's, that, 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 let's
1: he, just, he's going to have a weird year, I think. Year, I think. I think he's going to smash this year with Gabriel, but I just, I don't, I don't know. I'm out on him and, Mar- I know he's not coming out this year, but Mario Williams, like, I'm just out on both of them. I just, I don't see it. I'd rather just pass or sell him at that point. Because I think Mims has a good year, but I, I, I'm with Mox. I, I just, I don't, I don't know. Do you think he he's that good? I just don't.
2: He's a good collegiate wide receiver. I don't, he just occupies a space um, in his role. Like he's not, Fast enough, I think, to for his size to be an impact player at the NFL level. I think he's like a sec, a late second, early third round pick. And a lot of that is coming from Oklahoma and having a really good freshman year. It's like, I'm not that interested. I'm more interested in Parker Washington than I am Marvin Mims, probably like a decent amount. I think Washington has a good chance to be the wide receiver one there um and put up a pretty good season. It's like, I would take him. And his freshman season was really good. Um, but I'm not really in on Mims either. I think Mims still goes too high in drafts.
0: Sometimes I watch Mims and I see you know Brandon Cooks ish type game, yes. but then sometimes I watch him, it it's like this tiny guy. Like it was how I kind of felt when I watched, um, uh, what's his name? He was at Oklahoma State he's with the Ravens now.
1: Uh, just got drafted recently, uh, two years ago. Yeah, Evan Duvernay. No, no, he he's Texas. talking about. Um, you, I know what you're talking about. Uh, you why just can't say? I think of his name? Tylen Wallace. Yes, Tylen Wallace. Yeah, it was like when I watched
0: Tylen Wallace, and his skill set didn't match like what his like actual physical attributes. That's were. that's actually that's, true. That's that's. And I was like, this guy's gonna have to reestablish himself as like yeah. a Robert Woods-ish kind of guy, where like he does a lot of stuff around the line of scrimmage, like basically has to morph himself into a possession guy. Like I feel like Mims either has to learn to play on the boundary more effectively, which I don't know that he does necessarily uh, that well. At least not consistently, or he has to be more of a, you know, like, more adapt more of a possession skill set and play out of the slot. I don't know which he's
1: going to do, but I think he has to do one of those two things. So Todd has a really good question here, but we're going to save that for the after show. So if you guys want to stick around here, or if you're listening to this on a podcast, go drop a five star rate and review. We would really appreciate it, it helps the algorithm. Which matters to us. And then come back and check out the after show as well. We're going to talk a little bit more about Konate Mumfield. Make sure to check out our brand new website, campusdecanton.com, and the Campus Decanton podcast feed. You've got Chasing the Natty, a CFF podcast dropping on Monday. Campus Life, with, oh, I'm sorry, Chasing the Natty with Jared and rotating co host. You have got Campus Life with our Austin Nace and Colin Decker dropping every Tuesday. Obviously, our show, Debbie Debate, drops Wednesday nights. Canton Bound with Austin and Colin, the NFL side of this podcast, drops and, on Thursday. You also and have the Hero Our Beer show. And the Hero Our Beer show by Noah Hills, who I believe might be talking about Carson Steele either this week or next week, which I'm. Zach, Zach Charbonnet this week. No, uh, yeah, yeah. i was Okay, yeah. so next week maybe. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's all post something. I'm excited. I am I'm excited to hear him just flame Zach Charbonnet truthers this week. Cause Colin will likely be crying all Thursday night on Canton bound. Um, and Austin won't care. So that's going to be fun to listen to. And uh, we've got the official dropping uh, Alfred and those guys have been doing a ton of player interviews. It's been a lot of fun to watch uh, future freshman. Is it, it might be back this week, but Brandon's been been taking a little break, but usually his shows are a lot of fun when they drop. Um, and then that's it. So that will be it for our show tonight. Apologies to Kirk Herbstreit. I actually just kicked him out because he he just the faces he was making behind the scenes here I did not like, so I wasn't even going to give him a chance to jump on the show tonight. Sorry, Kirk. Uh, that is it for the show, though, tonight for Austin Nace, Chris Moxley, I'm Matt Bruning. Have a great night. Of the field intercepted by eli apple at the 25 and apple will go to the ground at the 32 and that's it ohio state national champions for the eighth time as they defeat oregon 42 to 20. here's Tua stepping back loads up looks long throws end zone touchdown. Touchdown. touchdown alabama Devonte smith
2: touchdown alabama and the Crimson Tide has once again
0: ascended to the top of the College Football Mountain. Their fifth national
1: championship in nine years. Their 17th overall. After Watson takes a snap rolls right. Looks at the
0: end zone Hunter Renfro it. Touchdown! 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 With a second left, Watson hits Renfro.
1: And Hipson grabs a 34-31 lead and is one second away from the second national championship in school history. Hill
2: just in front of his end zone has a man out there. It is Ranger and he's up to the races. Nobody will catch him.